1: Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukaki, your host. Our heroes are journeying deeper into the tomb that houses the evil well of souls. But what is inside this strange next lit room? Can Quinny hang on to all his limbs with butthole's constant improvements to his body? Will they find something more horrifying slash cool than that undead shark and bear? Find out next. Dum-dums and dragons.
0: Pretty sure someone's in there. At least one someone.
2: Aaron Zorkin! Let's go make a friend. Come on, this is gonna be
3: great. And I open the door. You open the door into a large domed space. In each corner, you can see there are large, concave, pounded metal that is reflective. And in the center, of each of them seems to be a small jewel that's giving off a faint light. You can tell that if these things were powered up, there would likely be a lot more light in the room. Mm. In the center, there's a large slab. It seems to have been carved out of the floor itself. Looking around Butthole, particularly for you, this is clearly an operating chamber. With the light coming off Moonlight Bringer, you can see there are chalkboards on each wall. There seem to be a bunch of diagrams pinned up that have drawn in strange script, but in calligraphy you can understand enough that, at a cursory look, it definitely looks like an operating chamber of some sort. And the diagrams on the walls seem to be hints as to what whoever was working on it was doing.
2: I'm just Sherlocking my way around these photos. I'm, I'm taking them all yeah, you in. give me a medicine check, please.
3: 19 total. The diagrams remind you a lot of vivisection diagrams that you've seen. Uh, it seems to be a lot of anatomical drawings of various creatures. You see everything from cats to bears, sharks. You see monsters, dragons, chimeras, all sorts of things. Some of them are more literal than others. So, for example, there's no good dragon vivisection chart, but they're, you know, of smaller animals, there's a lot. The chalkboards have seen a lot of use. You know the difference between like a really well-cleaned chalkboard and one that's just been hastily rubbed? Mm -hmm. They all seem to have been hastily rubbed. They don't seem to have been taken care of very well. Mm. So you can still faintly see old text. Some of the diagrams – so there's a lot that are kind of classic anatomical vivisection diagrams that look clearly copied out of a book. You also see some that seem to have been hand drawn, that seem fresher. That are things like the shark and bear and various other creatures that seem to be weird amalgams of creatures.
2: Nice. Are they strong enough? Could I take down some of the new ones?
3: Yeah, they're still as old, but you can try and take one down.
2: Cool. I want to try to collect the new ones, all, all the weird merger creatures, because I want to review those and also just hang on to them. That's kind of
3: neat. <laughs> can you or someone roll me a sleight of hand check?
2: I'm gonna pull Quinny over yeah. and go shadow puppet hands. You're, you're, you're gonna, gonna be to better. Pull better these this. off the wall. Yeah, I'd really like that. Uh, and I point out all the,
3: the weird Franken-creatures. Sure. 25. Quinny, this know. isn't your first time removing rare documents. There was that time you had to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's right. So you managed to get them down and do the classic thief roll into a tube, slide into carrying container of some sort. Yeah. Alan, I think you're probably helping a little bit with some gentle prestidigitation. Together, you delicately remove these things. For, As for, they're going, for study. I'm
2: just watching the individual pages trying to memorize the creatures that we could run into.
3: In the center of the room is a slab. Looking around, there are all the sorts of Things you'd expect in an operating theater. Noticeably, again, no chairs anywhere, but the big slab seems to have been well used. You can see a lot of grooves and cuts in it, some blood stains that just simply won't come out. That's pretty much it for this area.
4: Can I examine the gems? Sure. I want to see yep. if there's anything magical about them. Arcana, please. Natural 20. You've
3: seen this kind of magic done before. You've mm-hmm. done it yourself. For you, it would be something like prestidigitation, mm. except this has clearly been burning for quite some time.
4: Simple spell.
3: Simple spell, but at a level of mastery that you right. haven't ever really seen before. Okay. Because this clicks out in an hour kind of thing. Yeah. But somehow, even though it's dwindled, it's still running. Are these about as well lit as like a torch or something like that?
2: or what's what? pretty dim. They're,
3: they're a bit dimmer.
2: I turn to Quinny and I say, do you want one of those for like a sneak light or something? Because right now we got like full torch or we got full dark. Do you want something in the middle for like seeing when you're
3: stealthing? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Can we take any of these down? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Quinny, you want to roll a sleight of hand check? I just want to
4: say, I can't wait to face whoever set this up. <laughs> It's going to be so much fun.
3: I
0: can't Uh, wait to make a friend. 22. Do you want to take all four? No, I'll just take one. And I stand in the middle of the room and I reach out and my mage hand just leaves my stump, grabs it and comes back. The light fades a bit in the room, but the gem itself still
2: glows. The gem itself still glows. Yep. I pocket it then. Cool. I'd say back to the start. There was no other doors
3: down this way, right? No, So you've you've cleared out the medical wing. So you make your way back into the central foyer area. That was to the west. So currently you can go to the north or you can go to the east. Can you roll me perception checks, please? (laughs) 14. Nat 1. 16. You think you can hear some skittering coming from the east? Sounds like, yeah, I don't know. Skittering. Just Alan, or I hear Just that Alan. as well. Okay.
4: Guys. Probably some other like weird hybrid necromantic animal thing to the east. Let's just go north.
2: What if it's the Wolfosaur?
4: Do you know what? We'll pay it a visit on the way out.
0: <laughs> like you're promising a child <laughs> at a theme park that will get around everything.
2: I don't think you mean it. I think we're gonna run out of time. John check with Moonhammer. Yeah. We're gonna run out of time. <laughs> Okay, but if, if, we get, let's just all agree that we're going to find something fun when we go the boring way.
4: Butthole, do you have any lollipops left?
2: Yes, you can have one. And I no. take it out and give it to Alan.
4: And then I give it right back to you, buddy.
2: Thank you. When I give it to Goblin Jr. <laughs> Goblin Jr. Snar- gives it to Quinny. <laughs> Quinny says, get away from me. <laughs> Snarf. And then in the end, Goblin Jr. goes over and puts it inside your inside pocket and it's absorbed by Billy Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you just see a forest of fingers open and then just close around it like a Venus flytrap. And when he opens again, it's gone. The stick Fucking falls out.
3: <laughs> Guillermo del Toro shit here. Cool. So you decide to head north. Um, again, large double doors. These ones seem more ornate than the ones leading to the surgery or the medical wing. And these do, in fact, seem to be carved. Ooh. So can you roll me? I give you history, investigation, or perception. <laughs> or Sherlocking, as I'll we're now calling
2: it. I'm
3: doing investigation. Nine. And it's not great. Eight. Fourteen total for me. Great. Alan and Quinny, you look at it and it seems like there's just a you know multitude of animals running around. It's, it's kind of hard to trace. It's very old. But Butthole, you go soft focus. And as you step back from it a bit, there's a ton of animals and everything else. But you notice that under all of them, there seems to almost be a hand reaching out. And it seems like all of the animals are like springing from the hand. Oh. Amongst them, you see several of the creatures that you memorized. You know, a a wolfosaur, there's a shark bear, there's various such creatures. Yeah, catbird. That one didn't do very well. It kept trying to eat itself.
2: (laughs) There was just dog dog. It was two different halves of two different dogs was, attached together to make a dog with a head at both ends. Yeah, that yeah, one ate until it exploded. And then there was a double shitting dog. It was just known as an og, og. That one just pooped until it died. The fish-tapus that was just a, a fish <laughs> with octopus legs. Then there was a manta ray where they took half of a manta and then a guy named Ray and put them together. There's just a regular platypus because those things are fucking weird. Yeah, this guy was pretty sure he invented it. <laughs> he, then there's a platypus he fixed. So he looks yeah. less fucked up. Yeah, so it's finally just a duck.
4: <laughs> a duck and an otter. Yeah, is a,
2: a duck and a raccoon made a platypus? So, guys, welcome to Theories by Butthole, a TED Talk. You know how that guy Ted keeps wandering around telling people what he thinks. It looks like we got, I, like, right now we have Aaron Zorkin, but from what I can tell, studying animals, chopping up animals, trying to build new animals, all the paintings here, are creating new animals. I think we might want to call this person Aaron Zookin, creating zombie animals on a whole new menagerie of, like, weird hybrids. We got, like, straight-up evil doctor stuff going on. Or genius doctor if that shark bear had been alive instead of undead i'd be very impressed
0: are these cats and dogs formerly cat people and dog people is that what you were mentioning earlier or what
2: well right now we got a whole bunch of cat and dog people upstairs maybe this is their origin i have no idea maybe this crazy dude was like i'm gonna make species and then it all made sense except for the pugs i don't get how they breathe that seems like a flawed design i feel like a
0: pug was a normal dog once and they started putting like human faces on them (gasps) aaron Zukin did it I mean, that's the only name we've thrown out there, and it's a name we made up. So, yeah, let's pin this one on Aaron Zukin. (laughs) Do you know
2: what? Let's go down there. But all I'm going to say is, what if we're right? And the name is Aaron Zukin.
3: I'll tell you something,
0: butthole, that would be truly unbelievable.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So we go through the doors. You push open the double doors, and before you is a very ornate chamber. The ceiling seems to be painted in a Sistine Chapel way, ornately done. It's sort of a huge chamber by tomb chamber standards. In the central area, there seems to be a raised platform or dais. There's sort of a ring around the outside, so a large circular chamber. Around the outside, there seems to be almost like a walkway in stone, But surrounding the dais are just piles and piles and piles of bones. Bones of all sorts, big, small, all sorts of things. The walls seem to also be covered with more of these drawings. The room is lit. There seem to be four glowing orbs floating in the ceiling that are uh, providing illumination. And skittering around the edge of the enclosure, looking at the maps on the walls and muttering to itself, is a large... Looks almost like a melted candle of a man. He's very pallid. The basic visual for this is Mojo from X-Men. So just like a big dude, bulbous body, kind of small head, but again, almost looks melted. Looks like a pile of of human. Big arms, giant hands, bigger than human-sized hands, long, intricate fingers. And from the waist down, it seems to be built into a platform with large metallic legs. Mm -hmm. They can hear clicking away as, as it moves around. And it seems to be muttering to itself using one of its large pointed fingers to scan along the wall. And it seems to be doing complex equations, that sort of thing. As soon as it hears the door open, though, it turns around. And you can see it's wearing an apron that is blood-soaked, but it's dried. Clearly, of an operating apron that it's been wearing forever. Its eyes seem overly large because it's wearing large, thick lenses that can sort of be... Used to zoom in, zoom out, that sort of thing. Like, like the up. jeweler kind of headset where they like click in and the eyes get bigger. Yeah, think like and a and jeweler out. headset for surgery. It's got the little illuminated disc over its right eye that casts light directly in front of him. it. Seems almost right. like a small thing. As you come in, its expression changes and he says, Oh, I uh, I wasn't expecting uh, visitors. Who are you?
2: Hello, new friend. My name is Butthole Farch. This is my friend Quinny. And this is my friend Alan. Hello. Hi. We've all been admiring your handiwork. I saw some of your drawings in another room. Amazing.
3: Why, thank you. My name is Dr. Zarconian Moreau, and it's it's been so long since I, I've seen living beings down here. What brings you to my inner sanctum? I look at the pile of bones, and I say, uh, we're health inspectors. (laughs) He chuckles, and it's kind of like a a horrible wheezing chuckle.
2: Yeah, he's got a sense of humor. We're actually just big fans. So this thing is going on. You see, Quinny here is a bunch of bodies sewn together, and we're having some problems with that, and we backtrack the problems, and it turned out there's something kind of conflicting with that here, so we're wondering, like, what's
3: going on, man? He sighs and skitters over to you with remarkable speed for something of its size, Mm. kind of like leaps into the center, then leaps across. Before you know it, is leering over you, adjusting his like zoomy goggles and looking over the handiwork of the Butthole. And so checking the body over and he says, oh, well, uh, not bad. Not bad for a first attempt anyway. Yes. Oh, yes thank I you. See. His eyes kind of glow. He says, oh, yes, divine magic. Am I not mistaken? Oh, no, you're right. Oh, yes. Made of gods. Clever, clever, clever. Perhaps that's it. And then with the same weird, creepy jumping spider speed, jumping spider speeds across back to the sketches on the wall and clears a bunch of them off. Dips his finger into a small pot and begins quickly drawing. What is he drawing? Uh, a vivisection of Quinny because I wouldn't like roll that. Perception check. I was going to say, I think we're all trying to perceive. <laughs> yeah, sure. All of you get all that. Uh, 14. Seven. 18 total. So it's not like he's drawing a picture of you, mm. but Butthole, since you did spend some time sketching out what you thought this would look like, you can definitely see pieces of gods in there and pieces of Quinny in whatever it's sketching. Interesting. So what you making? He's muttering to himself, it's like, so so simple. Of course, you, you combine divine with, yes. And he turns around and he smiles, but there's something kind of sad about his smile. Thank you. That That, that is exactly... The answer I've been looking for. And he snaps his fingers and the giant doors behind you slam shut. And you see a magical pulse fire through them. And the bones all start to jitter and shift. When you've been alone for so long, you really will try anything for a good companion. And ever since they left, I... I must say I've been uh, rather at loose ends. However, I think you may have just provided me with a solution. So thank you so much. And I'll I'll tell them to make it quick.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Make whatever you're making. Then maybe we'll do like a celebratory barbecue. I think we can all be friends. And I turn to the other two and I'm like, we need to kill him. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Maybe a little less honesty next time. And I take out Frost Brand from like out of nowhere. And it
2: appears in my hand. And I turn and I'm like, Alan, you seem to be the best at the pyrotechnics. Why don't you be our opening act? (laughs) And I just limber up my shield and Moonlight Bringer. Seems like a good time
3: to roll initiative. 20 total. 14. 12. Okay. A bunch of things sort of happen all at once. You can see the bones start to shift. It almost looks like Moreau is conducting them. And slowly you start to see pieces of bone flip out and sort of coalesce into a thing. And a small feline skull rises up out of the bone pile And, butthole, a small skeletal cat leaps at you. What do you do?
2: I'm going to try to give it a landing pad on my shield. I want to find out what it's going to (laughs) do.
3: Okay, sure. (laughs) Um, So can you roll me a dexterity check? Fifteen. The uh, skeletal cat leaps through the air and lands on your shield. And you pad the landing. And the thing is growling at you. And it starts scratching at the shield and kind of climbing up. Looks like it's coming to take a swipe for your face.
2: (sighs) Are you surprised? I'm just disappointed. You know, I made some cat friends. I didn't know that we were just gonna have to be all murdery down here. So just like- It's on your shield? With a sigh, I just spring Moonlight bringer around to smush it on the shield.
3: (laughs) Okay, roll your attack. 14 total. That'll hit. 13 damage. So the cat explodes, the bones shatter, and the skull bounces off, rolls down into the pit, and Moreau sighs and continues to conduct. Which brings us to Alan. You're standing there is at the far side of the large room. Again, mostly bone aside from the dais in the middle. Moreau is conducting his hands over the bone field, and you watch the cat skull bounce away and then crawl back up out of the bone mass. It seems a a new body is coalescing around it. The cat skull seems to be a shoulder now. There seems to be a dog skull leading the way, and you see kind of a a skeletal dog crawl out of the pit.
4: Where is this dog skull in relation to him?
3: Using north, south, east, west, as we usually do. He's at the north end of the hall. You guys are at the south end in a group. The dog is crawling up the east side. It's about twenty feet away from you.
4: I'm gonna let you guys take care of the skeletons. This guy's going down.
3: Sounds good. The
2: Allen special. Wizard you're, fight. You're killing my friends.
4: I'm really unhappy about that. So
2: I'm pretty sure he's a wizard. He's uh-huh. a necromancer.
4: Anyways, from my palms emanates a massive fireball that hurls towards him at level four. <laughs> so he has to make a dex. Okay, give me throw. A second, please. Or you can use counters. Don't use counters.
2: <laughs> Wizard versus necromancer Everybody gets to request spell responses
3: <laughs> Okay, so the fireball hurdles across the space towards him He looks up and he's gently offended Oh, so rude With the one hand still conducting the bones He attempts to counterspell you Okay, so you have to beat 14, 14. The fireball roars towards him And just before it hits him, it splits no! Blasting no. the walls <laughs> behind him no. Setting alight some of his drawings No Can you
0: counterspell
2: counterspell? No Oh, could you pro-spell counterspell? All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums D U M B D U M B S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. Welcome back
1: to my first advertisement. That's right. It's the great wizard Bukake here to talk to you about the Patreon of Dum Dums and Dice. It's an amazing opportunity for you to contribute to a show you enjoy and appreciate even more shows they're making elsewhere, too. For $1, you get access to the fan-only Discord and a pre-session video and post-session DM chat for each arc of Dum Dums and Dragons, including all the historical ones. At $5, you get a weekly tableside chat plus an ad-free feed where you don't have to hear any of us talking to you about Patreon or any other products that pop up. At $15 a month, you can name NPCs and submit names for places and things that have to get used in the show and mess with Tom. And at $25, you can create your own NPC that'll interact with our heroes and get a special thank you at the end of every episode. Just go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Join today!
2: Do you know what, Alan? I feel like we're going to let you do the magic thing. Quinny's not aware See, he's doing fi- magic, and I'm just going to
3: fight Skeletons. You're doing great. Quinny! You've got the dog crawling out of the pit and starting to move towards you on the right. You've just seen the spell kind of split and erupt behind Moreau on the north end of the hall. All right.
0: Since Alan fired that at range, she's still with us, right? Yes, that's correct. Alan, you sure you want to 1v1 him? No, not oh. anymore. Okay. Okay. No,
4: you guys can help.
0: Okay, all right. I think I can help with this. I just start speaking in tongues again, and I cast Hex on Dr. Moreau, is it? Yep. Okay. He'll always be Aaron
3: Zookin to me. I mean, to be fair, his first name did become Zorkinen,
2: (laughs) just for you.
3: (laughs) Uh,
1: Yay!
3: So you cast Hex? Yep, and then I'll follow that up with an Eldritch Blast from range.
0: Nice. 22. 22, that will hit. Nine damage, and then, since he's Hexed, Necrotic Damage. 2. So a total of 11 damage.
3: The blast hits him. Based on your previous experience with it, you assume this should be incredibly powerful. However, it seems to be not nearly as effective as you hoped it would be. It hits his shoulder, but it seems almost like a ill-thrown
0: punch. Alright, I'm gonna have to get in closer and really introduce myself to him. I'm gonna use my movement to start heading down. Are you going around the sides, or are you are trying to jump through the middle? I'm gonna go around the side that the dog is not coming from.
3: Great, west so side, heading to the west side. Yeah. Yep, which brings us to Butthole.
2: I'm gonna be on Team Skeleton Murder. So I... I'm going to sprint along with Goblin Junior. We're going to go try to smash this dog skeleton. Is it fully established? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's I'm, it's fully corporeal now. Great. I'm going to go smash that thing. And simultaneously on the way, having seen magic struggle, I look at Dr. Moreau and I say, oh, so you're good with the human magic. How does a little bit of hell feel? And I summon the Fist of Moonhammer. There's a new version of this spell you, you haven't seen yet, Tyler. So okay. I either charge up my shield with it and I can do my chain shield or it's like a Night Crawler arm at like the beginning of X2. It's Moonhammer's arm with her fist hand just comes out of the sky oh. and punches people and then pops up to punch him more. So it's doing that one. <laughs> cool. So she takes a swing at Melty Bucker. He throws up a shield. 24 to hit. Uh yes, that'll hit. Nice. 17 damage. 17 damage. And then at the end of my run, I'm swinging baseball bat style with this dog skeleton. <laughs> Goblin Junior does a sweet side swipe on the floor where he runs forward and then he rolls himself over and he almost uses himself as a bowling ball at the end with his chainmail body to sweep the legs and then I'm bringing the hammer down on top.
3: All right, go for it. 14 to hit. Yes, that'll hit.
2: And I summon the power of my beautiful hell goddess and fart, and the fart swoops out of my butt and around. It's glowing, and it hits the hammer for extra speed as it comes down on this goddamn skeleton.
3: (laughs) 20 damage total. The skeleton shatters. You smash it into a cloud of shattered bones and bullshit. (laughs) Um, which uh, fly in all directions. You can see he's currently being pounded by Moonhammer fists, so nothing immediately emerges, but you can definitely still see the bones swirl and twist, which brings us to him. Having just been buffeted by the fists with one hand, closes his hand into a fist, and from the bone pile, the bones coalesce using the skull of the dog, part of the cat, a bunch of other things, into what looks like a skeletal lion that is leaping out of the pit at Quinny. That in a second, and with his other finger, he points at Butthole, and an acid arrow flies out of his hand. Ah, so he will hit. You take 11 points of damage and you'll take acid damage at your next turn. Top of the round, the lion leaps at Quinny. What's your AC right now? 16. The lion will pounce on you. You're going to take five points of damage mm-hmm. and you are prone. Okay. The lion's I'll do on top, top of you. Somehow, while prone, I will do uncanny dodge and half that. The dip. skeletal lion starts snapping its jaws at you. It's a skeletal lion, so it doesn't look as cool as a regular lion because there's no mane or anything, but like it's oh, trying. Yeah, like, I yeah. wouldn't even know it's a lion. No, I know. It's just, you know, stat wise, it's a lion. It it's can Yeah, it's just a large dog. (laughs) Yeah, large, large, and this big dumb dog. Which takes us to Alan.
4: I'm just gonna throw a volley of magic missiles because those will hit, right?
3: <laughs> right
4: level two 13 damage
3: is what would have happened had he not thrown up, up a shield. shield the magic missiles sort of Fuck veer him. off him honestly you're doing hella damage to his research but sadly he is still standing
4: useless guys you're not useless. useless
3: you're wearing down those shields we learned that
2: way back at Yarno. look at that staff in your hand and gain <laughs> strength <laughs> which brings us to you
0: Quinny, you've got a lion on top of you i've got a stupid question because i want to do something stupid is it purely magic holding this creature together or was it magically put together and now it's just animated bones? It is. I want a sleight of hand, a keystone bone like out of the spine to have it
3: clatter to the floor. Yeah, I'll let you roll a sleight of hand check to see if that will work. You're not sure okay. what the result will be. Fair enough. 25. You reach up with your mage hand mm-hmm. you, you sort of grab a vertebrae as you do so there's sort of a blast of eldritch energy and you tear the vertebrae out. The bones kind of shower down on you. Before I can find out whether that shit is reconstituting itself
0: or not I guess I have to use my movement to get up yep. and then if you'll allow me the bonus action I will
3: dash to close the distance between me and uh. Sure yeah yeah that works. Monsieur I don't know where exactly that puts me. You're one movement away from reaching him now. Okay. Just based on the amount of bullshit you're, you're fighting your way through. Behind you you can hear more rec- Constitution awfulness happening, butthole. You're up. How far away am I from senior dickhead? You're one movement away from him.
2: I thought I was going to be skeleton guy, but I'm just going to be the first one to get to this big old motherfucker. <laughs> so simultaneously, I'm running at him, and Moonhammer is taking another swing because she and I have got this sweet thing where she tries to distract people that I'm running at, so they're not quite as prepared. <laughs> this reskin of all your cleric abilities is hilarious. 25 to hit from Moonhammer. Yeah, that'll definitely hit. 16 force damage. She hit him in the back of the head the first time. That one was right in the junk. Just just the classic hammer punches.
3: So that one's swinging up under... Yeah. Can you roll me a perception roll undercarriage. Nat 20. Nat 20. As it comes up under him and hits, his whole body seems to lurch because it hits the bottom of the panel. There doesn't seem to be a dick of any sort, but you do see his whole being kind of twist and shudder Looks like it hurt him a lot more than it should have. Then I just yell,
1: aim for the not dick!
2: And I charge forwards. I'm going to get in there. Goblin Jr. Recharged! Yay! So basically he's going to jump in. And then Goblin Jr., all he's going to do is throw his full body weight into the closest skitter leg. Mm-hmm. Just to try to throw the guy off balance at all if he could budget. So okay, that's sure. where I'll get my advantage from. And then I am coming in swinging. So I've got Moonlight Bringer and I take an underhanded swing. It's like I'm playing cricket, but the end is where balls would be if Mm -hmm. he was not (laughs) a giant pan at the bottom. 19 to hit. Yeah, that'll hit. Using the sweet power of Moonhammer, I'm going to do an awesome fart-fueled spin that'll turn around and allow me to swing at exactly the same spot again. 11 pause and then i do a a (laughs) hell fart which is the fart fires again and shrieks out of my ass at full volume and it just yells suck it which feels really weird for me when my butthole works like a mouth but it adds 10 to my score so it becomes a 24 to hit 24 will hit previous one will not so with all of my fart fueled blows let's see how this plays (laughs) out is he undead yes bonus damage 21 damage total from the screaming violently like, 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 I've got an Uzi in my ass and it is spraying <laughs> magical
3: farts. All right. It, uh, it seems highly effective. Nice. And I just yell, you're going to beat my boss soon. Which brings us to him. You're just pounding away on him and the hammers of the gods are hitting him and everything else. If there was no him, though, it would look vaguely like I'm doing rhythmic gymnastics. I mean, it still kind of (laughs) does. Yay! With a cry of horrible rage, he reaches out behind him, touches the wall, and all of a sudden, the wall behind him and the floor beneath him change color, and he just drops through and out of sight. What? And then back at the doorway, the portal opens above, he drops down, and you can see he's breathing heavily, and like cranky, dimension door shuts behind him. And he points out at you, butthole, and just a green line between his finger and you. And then all of a sudden, with like a horrible wail, you start to feel incredible force pushing back against you. So I need you to roll me a deck save as you fight back against this horrible force. That'd be a two. You feel your very body begin to disintegrate. Ah! So take 32 points of damage. <gasps> yikes, yikes, yikes. And can you roll me a con save? 12. You're forced to one knee, but you know Moonhammer wants you to win this one. And you don't want to see vivisected Quinny get any more vivisected than he already is. No, the only person who gets to fuck up his corpse is me. (laughs) Similar to someone under gale force winds, you struggle back up to your feet. However, Goblin Jr. looks like he's out for the fight. Damn it, I love that wolf. You hit my dog, dick! Snarf, 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 snarf. No, 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 you sleep, you're doing great I don't feel good, butthole. (laughs) Oh
2: my god. You're going to do fine. Don't worry about it. I'm going to smash this guy so hard, and then I'm going to feed his heart to you.
3: Great. Top of the round, Bones. Quinn, you felt pretty good about the lion's skull falling to the ground. You feel less good when it rises attached to a few other skulls with bony wings, and it looks vaguely like a chimera. So it crawls out of the pit, and it is going to fly after you, roaring out of its many mouths in rage. I need you to roll me a deck save, please, as it screams shards of bone fly out of its open mouth Kay. and uh, attempt to impale you. So that is an 11. You're still not feeling tip-top yeah. in this gently disintegrating body uh, that you're carrying, so this is particularly unpleasant. 21 points of damage. I'm going to use evasion and half that Very good. fail. I think in this case, you get hit by all of it, but some parts of you are just so numb from the gradual falling apart that it doesn't really do any damage. It's just, you know, bones sink in you. So it lands behind you. It's about 15 feet away. Which brings us to Alan, the increasingly pissed off wizard.
4: Oh my goodness. This is very frustrating. Especially when I have things that, you know, are like necromantic and have no effect on the undead. Fucking love it. Okay, since I'm really not doing much damage, I just want to try to give Quinny and Butthole an advantage. So I want to try to cast Blindness on him.
0: Okay. Oh, I haven't clarified this yet. And I don't want to make it seem like cheating. But Hex has him get disadvantage on a specific check. So I'm going to say randomly, so it's not cheating, Charisma. (sighs) Sorry, I don't know how it works. You can legitimately pick your... (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, because you would have when you cast it. Wisdom. Great. Still no. Fuck. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Which one is it?
4: Constitution.
3: Constitution. Uh,
4: Fourteen. To be.
3: He fails.
4: Yay! He's blind.
3: Channeling your rage, you'd spin the wheels on either side of his magnifying things in opposite directions, <laughs> and you see him just kind of like stumbling around. Nice. So that's your action. You nice. So move and a bonus.
4: I want to dash to help Quinny out.
3: Do you want to jump into the center dais? Yes, because that is basically- referred to as the bone zone. Yes. Which brings us to Quinny. You've got a bone chimera chasing you and an asshole who just disappeared. What do you do? Oh, fuck. I just got here. I got to run across the room.
0: I'm going to use my movement to dash Mm -hmm. and I'm going to cut across the room and then I'm going to use my bonus action to dash again and just try and get as close to him as possible. Okay. I'd say that brings you right up next to him. Okay. That's my action. (laughs) So I'm like, hi. He's blind. Don't talk. I mean, where am I? (laughs)
3: <laughs> I'll give you a devil's bargain. I'll let you take an basic attack on him, like an attack of opportunity style thing. Yeah. Uh, but it will leave you more vulnerable to attack next round. Let's do it. Go ahead and roll with advantage on blindness. Uh, yeah,
0: twenty four. Yes, that will hit. <laughs> 24 again. You can see you're starting to
3: wear him down.
0: Did you aim for the dick? You gotta aim for the nut dick. I don't, I can't see, I thought you told me to look out for the nothic, I I don't, (laughs) you're on the other side of a very cavernous room.
1: More
2: clear, stab him where his groin would, attack up, up from the bottom.
3: Butthole. There's a bone chimera not too far from you. And I am hurting after that last spell. I
2: also yell, don't let him hit you with the green thing. <laughs> <laughs> the green thing sucks. I saw that. Knowing that I am hurting like a motherfucker, I am going to step to the side of where I was punching this thing and get right to the edge of where fucking Moreau shifted through the floor to. So that yep. if Moreau comes back, I'm in prime crotch slamming zone. And then I'm going to send my fist of moon hammer over to punch the shit out of that chimera. So that's going to strike out of nowhere. Do do you
3: want to punch it in the goat head, the dragon head, or the lion head?
2: I'm going to go dragon head, because I feel like that's where it might have more of its ranged attacks coming from. The goat seems like the most harmless. I think that one's cute, so I'm going to go with the other one. Uh. (laughs) Oh, I like this chimera shit. And it faints. (laughs) That is a 17 to hit.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that'll hit. 17 force damage. Particularly because it's force, you feel it's very effective and you manage to punch the dragon head off. So now there's only lion and goat. Moonhammer kicks fucking ass.
2: <laughs> I'm so into this. At the same time, I whisper to myself, normally I'd yell it, but I know Moreau's blind because Alan yelled it and I want to have faith in that. I have the power. Uh, and I press Moonlight Bringer to my chest and I cast
3: Cure Wounds on myself. <laughs> and you feel great. Moonhammer is back. Baby! Which brings us to Moreau. In spite of his blindness, he knows that someone's been yelling at him from directly in front of him, but he's not confident enough to cast spells. So instead, he's just going to rear up and all of his clickety clackety spider legs start clickety clackety. Clickety clacking. Uh, however, you do see a large jewel on the bottom of the platform he's installed on. Mm that's just a little bit chipped from spectral punching. So he's going to come down at you with all of his little clickety-clackety arms, but he's blind, so he's going to be at disadvantage with all of them. And He's not great at Clickety close-up clacking? combat. Any. Yeah, his clickety-clack skill, low. <laughs> he's not proficient with clacking. No, he should have invested more in the clicks, less in the <laughs> clacks. So that 8 was definitely not going through. Uh, let's see the second one. That 8 also doesn't go through. <laughs> he rolled a 20 and a 5. Ooh. He gets the 5. And a six. And an eight. (laughs) And a nine. Am I okay? Yeah, you're fine. Oh, uh, it's holy literally that was a lot of legs. It's just Ooh. one of those weird rearing up, desperately trying to fight whatever's in front of him. But given that you're standing directly in front of him, there's a lot of arms and legs shooting by around you, but right. none at you. Okay. Oh, um, so he's gonna try and adjust his goggles.
2: <laughs> so it's like he's a giant millipede and he's got all his legs going, but there's that gap in the middle, and that's <laughs> what fell down near you.
3: Alan, I rolled a one for him to shake off the blindness. <laughs> so can you roll me a D twelve, please? Sure seven one of the lenses shatters and goes directly into his eye oh my god! so he screams in unholy agony
4: nice
3: he may be undead but he still likes having eyes <laughs> so one of his eyes is turned to goo by a broken lens cool. um, and uh, he is still blind <laughs> and in tremendous pain
4: well good uh, he deserves it
3: that brings us to the bones so now lacking their dragon head Butthole, you're still closest to the bones, so they're going to move in on you. But they are missing their cool head, so (laughs) that goat you were dissing earlier is going to ram you with its bony horns. I liked the goat. (laughs) Well, it likes you too, apparently, because it misses. I pet the goat as it passes, (laughs) as though it's cute. It's bony and horrible, but it's still a cute goat, I I guess. Its snake tail is going to take a bite at you as well. What's your AC? 21. Yeah, no. The snake tail isn't snapping at you, but it's a weird snake made of bones. And really, snakes are kind of threatening with skin, but without, you're not really too plussed about it. No, it looks stupid. I mean, you've got a shield with dinosaur teeth on it. This is. Uh, frankly, it's a tooth v tooth battle. Uh,
2: <laughs> and I have the power of a god, and it has the power of a blind man who can't hit anything. Touche. <laughs> um,
3: which brings us to Alan.
4: Can I spend some stress? To prepare a different spell.
3: Which spell and why did you think to prepare it?
4: My phantasmal killer. Okay. I would like to prepare because this person is killing Quinny, and I wanted whoever it was to suffer the most horrific psychological damage I could think of. Okay. And this was going to be my retribution for continuing to there kill Quinny. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: So, Alan, can you roll me? Yeah. Can you roll me an Arcana check, please? Natural one. I'm going to say that you didn't prepare the spell because you didn't know that you're coming up against undead things, but you can totally spend your stress to get it. Mm -hmm. You're fixated on it, and it's just gently out of reach. You know it's there. You've cast it before. And so you're struggling to recall the details. And then the voice is like, Alan, I think this is what you're looking for. And suddenly the matrix lines change, and suddenly (laughs) it's there. It's at your fingertips. You're good to cast.
4: Oh, thanks, voice guy. You're welcome. This has never worked before, but fuck, nothing else is really working for me today. So let's try it. I probe into his mind and try to conjure up an image of his greatest fear.
3: Alan, what's your greatest fear currently?
4: My greatest fear, I think, is becoming something I can't
3: control. When you reach into his mind, it's a little bit like grabbing an electrical cord, Mm -hmm. uh, a live wire, and being like, I'll control this with my body. And immediately the electricity Hmm. takes over. So you reach into his mind to find his greatest fear. And instead what you see is you floating amidst a city on fire, fully jet black with red eyes. And you can hear the screams in the distance. And you realize that unfortunately undead creatures like this one are immune to it. And because you rolled a one on your Arcana check, you unfortunately didn't realize that this is what would happen. So you see what your own greatest fear reflected it? back to you. And I need you to roll me a will save, please.
4: I don't like this. This is not <laughs> what was supposed to happen. 21.
3: Okay, so you managed to resist being frightened yourself.
4: Thank God. Um, <laughs> Fuck.
3: But the spell is expended, as is the slot. I like that you just checked your dice for holes. <laughs> <laughs> like a tennis player who immediately checks their racket after a bad play and is like, yeah. oh, man.
4: One day this spell is going to work. It's going to be fucking epic.
3: I believe it. I do a snap prayer. I say, yeah, it will. <laughs> I know it won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Great. Quinny. Alan looks scared, but not insane. (laughs) For us, Alan just stood there and then stood there. Alan (laughs) looks pissed off. Like, stood there looking confident and then stood there looking gently concerned. Yeah. But she's okay.
0: I don't know if I can get under there. Since he's giving me advantage, I'm just going to sneak attack and hope I can brute force this thing instead of going for that jewel. Sure. Yikes. uh, 25. That'll hit. All right. Did you yikes that like it wouldn't hit? Yikes, as in, I am bad at math. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, that's a yikes I know well. Oh, wow. Yikes. Again, 32. Yeah. If it's important, a six was necrotic damage and a six was cold damage. Thank you. Yes, that is important. Okay.
3: He is looking very rough. There's cuts all over his body now. He's got glass in his eye. He's screaming incoherently. I'm going to then disengage and try and back off him a little. He's blind, so he's not caring too much. Right. Got it. Butthole, you're faced with a skeleton chimera. The first
2: thing I do is do like a subtle wink to where I know Moonhammer's invisible arm is in the middle of the room and send the arm to go try to punch Dr. Morrow right in that fucking dink jewel. <laughs> right in the jewels, you could have just said. Well, right in the jewel. Oh, okay. 18.
3: 18, yep, that'll hit. 19 force damage. It punches him in the jewel, and you see, similar to when you are fighting the bear with the shark arms earlier, almost a pulse goes through him, and you can see he falls forward. Quinny's gently out of the way and kind of like forces himself up to his elbows, but is looking pretty fucked up and shocked that he is that fucked up, but only on half his face because his other half is mostly glass. <laughs> so that happened over there, but I still got
2: this thing in front of me. My goal is to smash the lion head. And then the body. I'm really hoping I can keep this goat head as a trophy. So, like, if, if the goat head's on the left, I'm working my way through the right. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Is, yeah. The, is the goal. Just eat your way through. So, I'm just going to take a big old swing with Moonlight Bringer. It's glowing. I'm farting. I look like a majestic hero, and I sound like the world's cheapest fart track on iTunes. <laughs>
3: that is a 12 to hit. Nope. That's okay, I'm farting with fury to strike again. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this one's from the professional sound bank from behind the paywall. And that will
2: be a 23 to hit. Yes, that one will. There we go. This time I'm so furious with everything going on and seeing everybody getting hurt that two farts actually shoot out of my eyes into the back of the hammer <laughs> to just drive the whole thing forwards into the torso. 18
3: damage. You crack the lion skull, you knock the jaw off. And then just put a little pop of the elbow and you crack it back. Still there. It doesn't look like it can bite anymore though. Nice. It might be able
2: to, like rake its teeth across you, but yet again, I got a toothy shield. Teeth on teeth. Yeah. I think T-Rex trumps lion.
3: My teeth beat your teeth. Yeah, exactly. So that brings us to Moreau. Moreau is real fucked up. So he is going to attempt to cast a healing spell on himself. You see him raise up off the ground. I um, would
4: like to perform a <laughs> counter spell to that shit.
3: I need you to roll. <laughs> that failed. Why don't you give us a number just for her curiosity? Six.
4: (laughs) Literally anything below a 10 will
3: fail. Alan, in the back of your head, you hear, let me help. Devil's bargain. Will you accept help from the voice?
4: Yeah, sure. Okay.
3: All right. Roll again and add a D8. (laughs) Does
4: it matter that it was a one?
3: We'll talk in a second.
2: (laughs) Did you
3: add your modifier? What's your spellcasting
2: mod, Alan?
4: Plus six. That became... A ten. A ten. Still not enough. Oh, I'm so fucked.
3: Now <sighs> well, let's see how this plays out. I do a snap prayer.
4: Such bad Oh, this rolls. is going to end well. Don't <laughs> worry. Such bad rolls. Okay, so God. here's what
3: happens. Alan, you open your mind to the voice who, again, provides information, power. It's surging through you, but your mind begins to race too quickly. And you're just desperately trying to crush this spell because you just fucking hate him so much, and he counterspelled you, which is a personal peeve of yours. Mm -hmm. happened twice in a couple days. Mm -hmm. You can feel the tingle on your arm. You can feel the sort of ink spreading... And then all of a sudden, you feel something inside yourself snap. And to those of you watching, so Butthole and Quinny, it's almost like she shattered a pot of ink on her body. Suddenly, there's just a blast of blue, black, inky spikes. They go up the side of her face, down across her neck. All of a sudden, one of her eyes looks like it shatters. It goes blood red. (sighs) Oh my god. And Dr. Moreau explodes.
1: This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at TheRyanLaPlante on Twitter. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter. And RDM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part One by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is the fable and falling network where fiction producers flourish hi folks let me see if i can sum up midnight burger in about 25 seconds
4: really big monster zero irony pardon me gloria might my husband and i have a word
0: the radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's
4: a pocket dimension in the deep freeze.
1: This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that?
4: Because you're having a cigarette in 415 million B.C.? Where are we? Space?
1: Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava. Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the Nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app or just go to We Open at 6 dot com